Hello and welcome to the Arbor Vita 8 podcast. I'm Jason Sroden and I'm joined with my special guest, Seth Boone. Seth, how are you? Great. John, uh, good to see you again, Jason. Good to see you. Seth is with Pan Exchange, and they are, in my opinion, the be-all, end-all source of uh, knowing where the pricing is, the commodities, the trade, the markets, if you will. Um, you can visit them at panexchange.com. That's with an X. Um, what else could you say about Pan Exchange in a sentence to to get people to go and at least check it out? Yeah. Uh- one-stop shop for pricing and uh, spot markets and also like on the industrial side we are very very involved in market development and if you're not involved in hemp um, especially like on the industrial side we are your source for r&d supply yeah what does that mean for people who might not know what r&d supply is so for example like if you're a plastic injection molder they're getting slammed with high resin prices. There's certain plastic ingredients you can't find on the market anymore right now, just for several factors um, involved. And many, many injection molders are looking at including hemp in their products and then also looking at the uh, sustainability side for bioplastics. Um, One of the biggest problems is finding supply to actually work with on developing those. Like you can't, go into a straight up supply agreement we are your we could be your source for that one for that level of supply that you need so for both our goal is to be your first market for r d and your last market of last resort if you're scaled and that and that's really you're talking more on the fiber side uh of the market correct yeah fiber side as well i mean on you know, like on the c side we can do that as well. It's just very, I would say it's easy to do that on your own with this. Right. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about fiber and I'm so glad you brought up fiber because we released this week that we're in a $10 million raise to expand our fiber production, adding two fiber lines, doubling our um, extraction capacity, but fiber is the future. I mean, with, with wood prices, the way that they are, OSB at $46 a board, I think at the last time I looked, I mean, we have some herd in our uh, facility and it was the first time um, in, I think a couple of years that I had touched it, but it just brought it back home that this is wood. This is like such a cool, firm, strong material. And I was like, man, I would love to mulch with this. I was like, you could see this being made into OSB. So, you know, I, I think as many people as we can need to be looking at the hemp fiber market and pan exchange is a great place to look and see where it's going because it's going to be massive. There are so few hemp fiber producers and processors and it has so many uses. And now we've partnered with a company that's making a THC free uh, crop called Panakia. It's a tri-crop. We're going to get high CBG out of it. And we're going to get great fiber. So uh, I think there's lots of opportunities there. So let's get into what I wanted to talk about today with you, Seth, because you are an expert on all things pricing and economics. So what we're going to talk about today is the ongoing bans of Delta 8 uh, across the country and its impact. And so can you tell me a little bit, but before the show, we were just touching on this to kind of get fresh on it. And you had mentioned the biggest fear being California and Texas. 
Tell me about why those might be areas of problem or concern around Delta-8. I guess the first reason is the states that have already banned it, about just under half of them are recreational marijuana states. So, for example, uh, Michigan, Illinois, Michigan, Colorado, who would be the, uh, Alaska, Arizona, California is looking at it. Alabama so, is looking at um, making it illegal, banning it. I think yeah. they might have. I know I'm they sure. were. I think they were looking at it, but yeah, lo- they lots are looking of them. at it. But yeah, what I, is what is the impact to, to what happens? Yeah, I mean, so right now there is right around 25 to 26% of the United States population or consumer base that is in a banned state. And the other thing is, is about half of those are recreational marijuana states. So there's less demand. I would just say there's less demand in general for Delta 8 products specifically. Most of the demand that we are observing um, through both anecdotal evidence and what we're seeing in the market is from non-recreational states. And the states that are looking at it now, like Texas, for example, is non-recreational state. So huge demand base. And if all of the states that are looking at banning it right now, you said Alabama, California, Illinois, um, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Texas, and Washington, um, I think those are the ones that I knew of as of last week when I did this analysis. You go all the way up to 40% of the United States population. Yeah, That's an an additional 40% of the population. And the question that automatically came to my mind, and I should have looked this up, was whether that the demand, the new demand in the market was keeping up with the bans. Because more and more people are learning about Delta 8 every day, too, probably as quickly as it's been been taking off. And then to to your point, like what happens economically to us, to hemp processors, hemp manufacturers, people in the hemp business, when D8 has kind of been helping people chug along and getting the price and helping us work through, as we discussed last week, the loads and loads of biomass sitting out there that are keeping the oil prices so low. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a great point. All, all bias aside. So getting rid of my opinion, any opinions on Delta A, I think you've got to throw those out the window to really look at this from that perspective is you just lose the easy pathway to for Delta eight to the market. The, the legit, more importantly, I guess the better word to describe it is the legitimate pathway to a market through reputable, through a lab, through a company. So at this point, a private firm or any company cannot sell Delta eight into the, these States, but the people that, so then your legitimate businesses who are licensed processors all of a sudden are out of the market. And it's really, you're just losing access. So your demand is so. And yeah, if all of these states come through and ban everything, the states that are looking at it right now, that's 48% of the population. So let's say right now we're selling to 75% of the population. And for the listeners at home or processors, you know what you're selling into the Delta 8 market, give or take. Imagine if another, if that was taken aback by a third, 
that's what it's going to look like on your volumes. So honestly, it's just a third of the volume that is moving through the actual legitimate Delta eight processors or well, people with a hemp processing license that are making Delta eight. I wonder if anybody is paying attention out there who might say, okay, well now maybe is a good time to push, you know, the FDA forward on CBD so that, hemp farmers can survive as we get, you know, other means of making money off hemp other than CBD off the ground, because, you know, it's, there's gotta be ways for these folks to make money. There's gotta be ways. We, I think that's why people have been relying on Delta eight. That's where um, so many people have just been saved. So I, I can understand, you know, it also puts CBD at risk. I mean, so I know why people are upset. I know why people are worried. Um, I don't know what's going to, to happen. Yeah. I mean, if Delta A continues to be banned, we've got to look for other opportunities. Internet, like export has been one of the things I've seen re people really hedge their beds, hedge their bets against. Um, but you hit the nail on the head as well, too, is we need that regulation into dietary supplements for CBD, we need to open the market for a product because the FDA doesn't realize that they're kind of forcing, they're kind of forcing us to go to Delta eight because they're dragging their feet on the, uh, on the dietary supplement side. If we had dietary supplement side, we might not like you're going to increase the price of CBD isolate and therefore Delta eight is going to increase in price just as much because the prices we're seeing right now are at parity with yields. Yeah, Man. and you're going <laughs> to raise it across. And the one of the reasons why Delta Eight is such a widely adoptable product, uh, even in the recreational, why you're seeing recreational marijuana states get rid of it, is because right now, think about it: a dispensary here in Colorado for a gram of of this of a uh, wax or a concentrated product is 50, 60 bucks. I've done the math on Delta eight with what you could just buy off somebody like CBD isolate off somebody's website. It's 30 for a gram. And so price point wise, because CBD doesn't have the market access it needs from the FDA, the FDA unreal unknowingly is actually kind of forcing the issue on Delta eight because the prices are so suppressed. Right. You're allowing the economics to work. And I, so, I, I didn't I didn't think about that. I mean, we in my opinion, we need regulation in hemp strong to make it work. I mean, we've had banking issues in hemp and yeah. I own cannabis businesses or marijuana businesses as well. And my banks on the marijuana side will not take my hemp business. It's too <laughs> risky. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> How? How is that possible? I can't even believe I'm dealing with it. I got into it because it was federally legal. I was really into it because I was like, oh my gosh, I can really touch a lot of people. I can use this product in so many different ways and I can do it without feeling scared. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that we actually switched banks this week. Um, <laughs> we don't even deal with the product. We don't touch the product. We have other markets we deal in besides hemp too. Like hemp is not our only market. And that's because on our company profile, the word hemp appeared, they questioned us. And then we had to switch banks. It, 
this is a federally legal <laughs> under the farm bill. I, I, it just baffles me. So, so the more regulation, the better, you know, you can't give your opinion on Delta eight, but I, I can, and I don't like it for the fact that there is no regulation. It's unclear. No one's telling people what it does to you. Um, I've had some people that I know that are very seasoned with, um, marijuana who've had some very bad episodes on D8. And, you know, that's because we're not keeping track of where it's made. There needs to be regulation, just like there is on, um, you know, marijuana in Colorado and in Massachusetts and Maine and states where it's legal. It gets checked. Like people are looking at it to make sure it's not filled with garbage. Like, yeah. so just letting it run rampant is putting the hemp business at risk. And yes, I'm also saying it's helped keep us alive. So it's like a love hate, but they've, like you said, they have forced us to love D8. It's the FDA's fault. They made us love D8 and I hate, I'm not a big fan. I mean, look, I'm a fan. It's so complicated. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the middle. I'm in the exactly. middle. I need exactly. it. Exactly. We're caught in a really weird, weird position here. And then like regulation is needed and then we're kind of overcorrecting a ban across the board is not going to get rid of Delta eight either. Um, People are still going to make it even when, 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 look, when, when it became, there was like a period of time where it wasn't legal. It was very weird. It was illegal, legal, and then illegal. And then somebody tells me, Oh, we've got, uh, DEA stamped D8 at our facility. We can ship it over to you. And I'm like, what? I thought this was illegal and that we couldn't sell it anymore. No, 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 we can sell it. And I'm like, oh, I, I, okay. We can make money off of it and keep things going and move. Because that's what it's about. Nobody wants, nobody would gotten this business to sell a synthetic. Yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> like we, we did not, this is, this is crashed. This is made from CBD. This is, People who got into the hemp business for the most part wanted to make something all natural. That's it. Exactly. So, so it's just a very weird position to be in. And I don't like it. I know I, I'm all about giving people what they want and, and doing what's legal. And, you know, I, it's just, we're at a crossroads and some, yeah. something's going to break soon. And I just, I just hope we can get rid of as much biomass from 2019 before uh, they get rid of it. Cause as we talked about last week, that's going to help stabilize the price. Yeah. And, and I hope I bands are obviously inevitable. Um, I just hope we can get to clear, red, clear regulation on all of these cannabinoids before something worse happens. Cause all banning does loosens the control over what the Delta eight is in the market. You're not stopping people from doing it. People are still going to do it. People are, where do you think all the technology comes from for making a THC concentrates? It's been around long before Colorado or Oregon legalized it. It's people do this on their, like they can do it on, you can learn how to do it. You know, if you have Google, you can figure out how to make Delta eight. And the thing is, is if you're banning it, you're just allowing people to do that. And the thing is, the C actual CBD hemp participants just really ultimately lose a lot of control on what's going on in Delta 8. Yeah, everybody's. And then, and then there's a lot of bad actors in the marketplace putting out gas station D8 
you know, that is, again, so many people are making money and surviving and supporting their families on it when they couldn't before. So, you know, but I don't like, I don't like that. I don't like that. There's that they have to do it off of, you know, gas station D eight, you know, there's, I'm sure that that's not how they wanted to make the money either, but you know, we're all happy when we make money though. It's business. <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of the name of the game. Um, all right. So Man, we could talk about D8 forever. It's going to be around. I'd like to touch on miners for a little bit. I'm There's a lot, a lot of talk in the marketplace around miners. We just opened up our miners inventory. We, we partnered with a great lab. And now we have a lot. And I'm not doing this as a sales pitch. We won't. Don't, I, I just want to know what your thoughts are and what you guys are tracking over at Hemp Exchange uh, or Pan Exchange. Um, pan exchange regarding regarding miners no regarding miners still commanding a premium um straight up um cbg cbn well above well above the cbd market in terms of uh price and then one of the biggest things i've seen and one of the more interesting trends is it's one of the most more affordable products out there as far as demand from Europe. Which um, one? All of the miners. Oh, yeah. I mean, CBG, CBD, I mean, CBG, CBN, CBC, it's a lot of that is going to the export market. And a lot of it is because the exact same problem um, we have over here on the fiber and grain side is over there. They don't have the genetics yet, the varieties and practices to extract the miners. And seeing a lot of interest overseas from it, um, wish we had more transparent data. Um, that's interesting piece on the export side too, is how convoluted the data is behind that. Well, I mean, I think there's also a lot of people who are taking l- low grade CBD in other parts of the country, uh, uh, of the world, and they are extracting the THC out of it and they are building THC concentrates. We've gotten calls from people who it sounds like exactly what they're asking for. And we're like, no, <laughs> we think yeah. that that's happening. Um, really? on, yeah, I, it, we can talk offline about it, but yeah, it was, it was really interesting. The, the conversations that were going on. And I'm sure a lot of people who are on the phone have talked to people um, in the East who are doing such tactics, but you know, they get a pretty penny for it. So it's not a big deal to waste all the crude to get to that zero point, whatever, you know, you can ship uh, uh, CBD, you know, the rules are so strict country to country and and each country is making their own rules Um, on the miners, CBG and CBN. um, It, for people out there and, and most of the people listening are in the hemp business, but CBG and CBN are amazing. CBN is incredible. I use it every night. I think it's amazing. It is um, what makes you tired in regular marijuana. And um, it is the, the minor cannabinoid that makes you tired and it works. And it, it, I, um, I've been doing one, we've been formulating some new retail products and I've been doing one mixed with, um, uh, melatonin and it's mm. just, it's incredible. It, it's really cool. So 
if you haven't tried CBN, great. And CBG is great. Or CGB is great for uh, immune boosting. And I, I feel, because I get swelling in my hands, I feel an anti-inflammation in my hands. But I think it's different for everybody. Everybody feels something different with each of the cannabinoids. But interesting stuff. Are you seeing those prices go up because demand is going up on CB, CGB? Oh, my <laughs> So many C's, CGB and CBN. Yeah, I mean, I'd say CBG is miners. It's it's exactly what you're saying. It is a clear, like, it's more clear on, like, what the effect is. Like, CBN is, CBN is probably the, my favorite of them all, just because, exactly, like, I, I do with insomnia and yep. all that. And so we'll love CBN. Um and really the price there, I'd say, is the educational piece. Pe- more people are learning about CBN, um, CBG, the miners. Um, that's the piece, like, when I was coming into this world, I had no idea about it. And most of your laymans don't know. So, like, the educational piece behind CBG, CBN, and your miners is more prevalent. And I think that's why a lot of the demand is there. And it'll be interesting if processors crack into um, what's it called? The uh, terpenes? No, like the uh, left, like the God's nectar or whatever it's called. Oh, Um, mothers, Uh, uh, mother, mother liquor. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if like, if it's worth tapping into the reserves of that. Yeah. uh, A lot. We've been talking a lot about mother liquor at at Arbor Vita 8. Um, and terpenes, because terpenes yeah. are going to be a huge thing too. People are starting to learn about terpenes and and figure out, oh, they add this taste or they do this for my body. And you know, people don't realize that that when you're when you're ingesting uh, cannabis, that the terpenes give you a lot of the feelings you're experiencing. So mm-hmm. they're fascinating. Are you guys doing any price stuff on, on terpenes yet? Oh, we've, we've wanted, but that's exactly what you're saying. There's so many terpenes. It's a very specific market. Um, we, we're not doing anything right on terpenes right now. We, it's something that we've really flirted with multiple times. It's, but it's, it's like a, it's so broad. It's so broad. There's a lot of breadth to it. And then the volume's not that like the, no, the volume's not there yet. It's not. And I think that, we'll all catch up to it eventually. And I think that, you know, as more research becomes available and people are allowed to do more experiments and find out what these things can do. And if isolated, here's what this can do for you. We're going to find out so much about cannabis. I mean, well, a huge part of what we wanted to do was be an education source. We have a huge resource center on our website where these uh, podcasts go, where we have special guests and writers educating people about these miners and talking about what they can do. And all of cannabis is so important because somebody might find that magic thing. I I mean, look, I I have no problem. I I used to take Xanax to fall asleep. I don't have to do that because of CBN. Like that's my, that's me. That's my personal story. That is not a test. I don't care if it's a placebo, it works for me. And I think that's what people have to figure out until there's clinical research approved by the FDA, where we can go out and say that these things actually do work for this. You know, we have to kind of, as the people who sell it, 
say, oh, well, well, it's snake oil. It works for you or it doesn't because saying anything else can get you sued. So interesting times, man. Yeah, I think, yeah, the USDA, I mean, FDA coming in with like the dietary supplements going to be a huge boon for minors too. Because that's the, those are, these are the things that need to be marketed as what they do for you. Right. Like you go to the health food store. Hey, I need to pick up some CBC. Um, I'm having memory problems. Okay, cool. Yeah. CBC's over here. Great for that. Here's eight different brands from reputable manufacturers that are, you know, medical laboratories. Yeah. And at the very least, like it provides a framework to research and study to where you can like put those things on a label and yeah. And then, branching into all the other miners too. Yeah, there, there's so much. And, you know, maybe on the next show, we can kind of talk a little bit more about, you know, the miners specifically and how they're being shown throughout the market in terms of like, what is, how are they being marketed in this place? And how are they being there? And maybe looking at a couple of prices from around the globe would be interesting. Would you be allowed to share that kind of information with us, Seth? Like some spot prices globally? Yeah, I'll have to do some digging. Um, let's see here. Um, maybe just CB for, for next week, maybe just CBD in other countries. Like what's it going for? I can get a few prices on my end. I'll get uh, Japan and India. Okay. And then you come with a couple and then uh, it'll be interesting for to see what we get. Okay. Yeah. Let's see if we get. Yeah, I agree. Let's see. Yeah, let's <laughs> compare notes we get with there. <laughs> it'll be very- interesting. Well, I, I know that CBD in Japan is going for over $4,000 a liter because it has to be made with seeds and stems only. Really? Yep. Wow. And that's even for imported products? That's imported products specifically. Wow. Yeah, yep. So We're working with an ingredient company there to help them figure it out. Yeah, that's very that, that's I, I mean, and, and And you have to show that they're male plants. So it's, it's interesting. Seed stems, all male plants, um, documented pictures, seed press, all of that. Uh, fascinating stuff. Um, uh, everybody, Seth Boone from Pan Exchange has given us his time again. Please go check out panexchange.com. If you want to get signed up, it's under $1,300 a year, I think. Go get it signed up, get it for a year, know the prices. You know, these prices are changing on a weekly, monthly, sometimes daily basis. It's really great to be able to go somewhere and know that, hey, somebody put some thought into where these numbers are coming from. And that's what the folks at Pan Exchange do. Seth, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will be back next week um, on behalf of Arbor Vita 8. I'm Jason Sroden. We will see you next time. Thanks, Seth. Hey, thanks, Jason. Glad to be on. <laughs>